just wanna let it go for the night That would be the best therapy for me you're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode whatever it is of 2, 5, and 10. I'm just saying that if you think that's the truth, Ben, to those rumors, it's disgusting. What up, baby? <laughs> What's going on? I... Uh... Nice to catch back up after the little, the mini break, just to give us some more sample size and obviously the holiday with uh, American Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe teams are going to start re-examining some of these uh, mother trips. <laughs> yeah. So if people don't know, um, obviously it was just a rumor it's, that's been shot down and stuff. Uh, but Corey Perry was placed on waivers to have his contract terminated by the Blackhawks. He was brought in uh, to Chicago to be a veteran presence and leader, kind of along the lines of Foligno, um, for the young guys, especially Bedard, and also just to give them a little bit of top-nine grit and hopefully some goal scoring. And 20 games into his first year in Chicago, is his contract is terminated. Um, this all started... About a week ago, when he was scratched, healthy scratch for three straight games and away from the team, didn't even practice. Um, the team or, nor Perry were commenting on uh, what was going on, so there was no kind of word, which obviously left a vacuum that was filled by hockey Twitter talking about, oh, Perry uh, on a recent tr- uh, mom's trip that the Blackhawks organized hooked up with Bedard's mom, and that's why he's away from the team and everything, which Davidson and GM had to come out and categorically deny. Um, but the result's the same either way. Perry's gone. Still no word on what happened except that it it was an infraction uh, with a member of the organization. And I don't know why they – maybe there's legal reasons why. There might be a lawsuit coming up, so they don't want to say anything publicly. But – that leads me to believe that it's somebody off the ice because if it happened in a room, shit like that gets out where it's like, oh, these two guys got into a fight. Mm-hmm. So it has to be a member of the organization off the ice. I don't know if it's low level, front office level, whatever, um, assistant coach, something like that. But obviously it was bad enough where they couldn't just handle it in-house. And I guess they're a little trigger-happy because of the recent off-ice incidents that happened with the Blackhawks organization. Um, but Perry is gone, and I probably think his NHL career is over, too. I would definitely say I think the NHL career is over. I don't think at this point now anyone um, would be trying to get him anywhere else that's just my own opinion uh the other thing is like you said it happened off ice happened with an employee they're not giving you much more details than that the nhl they said the league office and the nhlpa were both contacted neither of them had a rebuttal or a gripe as to what chicago was doing uh i'm assuming they are all on the same page with this you know it's bad when a PA is not even putting up a stink. 
Yeah, they they said the PA was notified and they believe that that was the correct decision. Um, I agree with you too. Where Chicago, with how poorly the video coach, you know, sexual misconduct with players was handled, whatever happened here was done. The investigation was done quickly, sweepingly, and they were not holding back at all. Perry is out. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it it makes you wonder. I I will say a typical press conference regarding all this, but there were certain things as to Kyle Davidson, the way he was handling certain things. I mean... Usually you have people that'll give you a load of bullshit. I don't think it was a yeah. complete thing. I mean, he was up there and he was just kind of, you know what? No, like, I'm not going to answer that question. Or, um, you know, instead of giving you the roundabout way, then no, there, there are certain things I'm not going to touch with this. That's one of them. Uh, and he said this was strictly an individual matter, an individual personnel matter. They said the team did not even know when he addressed them on Tuesday morning as to what incident had occurred. So who knows? I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a shame. Like if it eventually comes out or even if it's kept secret, but like guys around the league in the front offices kind of share what happened. That if it's serious enough to end his career, I mean, obviously, if it's that serious, then, you know, you don't get a lot of uh, forgiveness in that sense. But it kind of sucks that someone of Perry's ilk in a career that he's had, that this is the way it potentially ends. Mm-hmm. So it's just a shame there. Um, we'll see if more stuff comes out about what happened. You know, maybe it's not as serious. It's just the Blackhawks, like Davidson mentioned in a press conference, we got to change the culture. So, like I said, maybe they're being overly harsh in this situation. And it comes out that it's like, oh, he had an off-ice verbal altercation and used some slurs. Like, okay, fine. You, I'll, I'll sign you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll see if anything comes out there. Um a couple other pieces of news that have occurred since we last spoke. Um, two firings in the National Hockey League. The first one was Jay Woodcroft in, with the Edmonton Oilers, who got off to a horrendous start. Um, nothing working. I know McDavid had a little injury, but I have an, I have an issue with this specific firing. Woodcroft is not the one who is building the – goaltending tandem in net. And since he's been a coach of the Oilers, he's been basically playing with half an empty net in goal. And with that, has got them to the playoffs, went on two, uh, went on one run uh, in the West. I know this year started off poorly, but I mean, what is this? Hold on. I want to get this right here. And this includes the game since Woodcroft was fired. Um, but they have the fifth worst goals against in a league. So you're not going to win that many games, giving up 78 goals so far in 21 games. 
I think this was Holland saving his ass, and I know Holland has a huge reputation in the league, but since he's come to Edmonton, I mean, Chalart screwed the Oilers when he left, but he hasn't solved the goaltending issue. He's poured a lot of money into Campbell, who had who was a known streaky guy and had basically one half season as a viable number one goaltender, and they gave him a $25 million contract. Um, now he's basically helping line changes in the AHL and Bakersfield. Um, so I think Woodcroft got the short end of the stick here, especially with the talent that they have. And, you know, may not be fair, but apparently it's gotten them a spark. They've won three in a row now. Um, they're still very much on the outside looking in on a playoff picture. But what do you think about Woodcroft taking a fall here? Um, my thing was, and you never know how truthful it is, but even after he got fired, it seemed as if even the players were shocked. Kind of like, yeah, you know, it seemed like the players thought it was kind of their own funk, not his. I agree with you 100%. I mean, hey, I'm just putting the guys in the lineup that you gave me. You know, I'm, I'm not buying the groceries here. And granted, I think this shows as to how poorly a lineup the Oilers do have. I mean they were fighting themselves most of this time. Like you got the best player in the world in McDavid and you have one of the other top five and dry cycle. And I mean, they couldn't get anything right. Um, yeah. <laughs> hiring wise. I mean, they bring in Chris Knobloch from the AHL, the Hartford Wolfpack, yep. uh, an older McDavid coach used to coach him in Erie with the Erie Otters. Now, my question to you is, does this strictly a hire based off of past reputation with McDavid? Because, I mean, usually in season, we see one of two things. They bring in a coach who is currently out there and available, or you bring up your own AHL coach. Yeah. To go across the bow like this, I was kind of like, I, I didn't see that coming. That, that definitely threw me for a loop. And, yeah, McDavid, even though the Knobloch connection is there, he was pretty PO'd uh, talking to the media after all this happened. So winning solves all, uh, cures all. So we'll see if this turnaround is real. But I think Woodcroft is, what, candidate number one for teams looking for a head coach either Probably in the offseason. I don't think he jumped right back into it midseason. Uh, but if you're looking for a coach this summer, I don't think there's too many guys that's going to be above him on a interview list. No, I agree. I, just thinking right now, I, I don't really know who would be at, at the top of other people's lists. Just Yeah, Babcock. <laughs> yeah, well that, well, that worked out good. <laughs> Um, can, hold on. Can we just say, um, Steve, uh, is it Steve Dangle? The guy who does the Babcock imperson impersonations. Oh yeah. Showing up to the game in Dallas right behind the Columbus bench dressed as Babcock with the full makeup on it, doing the Babs like quote unquote, <laughs> like live updates, like, Hey, Armo, it, it's me, Babs, uh, going to the game today. Like, dude, I am, like, in tears. Like, that guy does an incredible job. <laughs> um, 
The other firing that happened happened this week. Uh, Dean Everson in Minnesota was let go. Um, another Brought team back off your to boy. A, yeah, another team off to a slow start. Um, and another guy who's had success with this organization. So I think it's kind of desperation moves by the two organizations. I don't know if it's a good look uh, for stability around a league where you can have the type of success over the last two seasons that these guys have had, at least in the regular season. And then you get off to a slow 15-game start and you're, you're canned. Uh, it kind of it comes off a little bit desperate, especially with Minnesota. Um, but another team that started off slow, um, they don't ha- have an issue in goal necessarily. Um, I'm just not sure kind of what they're expecting here because even in our season previews, we're like, yeah, they'll be, they'll probably be solid, but there's, unless you got a huge explosion from a couple of the young kids, they're, they're fine. Like, I don't know what the expectation was by Billy Garen coming into the season. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know if Everson was, you know, should be wearing this thing. I, I think Billy has an okay lineup there. Uh, Everson, ever since the days when he was an assistant in Washington for all those years, I mean, everyone seemed to like and respect them. I always thought his teams were well coached. I just, um, un- unfortunate. I mean, I, I think un- sometimes someone has to wear the egg on the face, even if you weren't the one who, who threw it, you know? So, yeah. Um, so what do you think about his replacement? <laughs> Well, I know you're a big John Hines guy. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. N- nothing against John Hines. I mean, he, he's a local guy for me, Rhode Island guy. But I know you always preface the uh, the old man's club, the old boys club. Yep. It's in, the same recycled guys. And recycling those guys in there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how to feel as in the sense of – experience and coaching ability i'm not denying Hines that i just find certain things humorous in the sense of you know start of the year didn't have a job i mean two months in hired in full paid in full you know so i just that that seems to be the thing that happens with these guys bruce boudreaux's another guy that it always happens with so yeah funny just just stay by the phone stay by the phone Exactly. And I don't know if they reached out to him and he wasn't interested, but you got to hire Gallant over Heinz. Well, that's that's the thing. I just I don't know why or how certain people end up getting it over others. You know, that's always one of my things. It's always who knows who. And oh, I I worked or played for him. 18 years ago in during a strike shortened year and he was a nice guy. So let's give him a shot. Like, like it's like I said, all boys club. Um, Heinz is the definition of eminently replaceable. So if you were going to make a change, just to make a change and try and spark something, I would rather, if I was Billy Garen, I would have made a trade versus firing a guy who's shown to be, can be successful with the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, before we get into jumping around the league a little bit, Patrick Kane, Kaner, 
Patty C. Cups. Um, signed to the Detroit Red Wings. One-year deal. $2.75 million contract. Um, he's going to be making his debut apparently in about 7 to 10 days. Thoughts on the fit? Thoughts on the contract itself? And do you expect the old Patrick Kane now that he's had the surgery? Or is they're just chasing some ghosts here? So I do still expect Patty to come here and be of use and be good. Um, I just don't know what to expect from that hip surgery and as to how quick it's going to come back to him. I mean, Detroit's playing pretty good hockey right now. So it wasn't as if it, it needed to be like, Oh, we need a goal scorer to come in and really help out. I mean, I, I think it helps their cause significantly. But which Patrick Kane you're going? Because the one thing with me with Kaner is the hands are going to be there. But if he loses a step or two, is he going to be as effective? And that's what I don't know. And that's the thing. I mean, they were talking about it in pregame. The guys that have had this surgery before in NHL and the games, number of games that they've played after coming back from that surgery. And I think the list was four guys. Two of them played zero games. Jovanovski, I think, played like 37. And then Backstrom, who just took his time away for his health, played like 50-something games. And neither Jovo or Backstrom were effective upon their return. So Kane is trying to do something that's never been done in the National Hockey League. They even cited non-hockey examples. So like Andy Murray came back and played on a hard clay court. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> like... Um, so we'll see. I mean, he obviously wasn't right with the Rangers last year. He still had the hands. He still had division. He just couldn't keep up, uh, with the pace of play. So we'll see what happens there. I think it's a nice spot because he's not coming in to play in the first line. Raymond's there top line, right wing. So he'll slide in on the second line or probably first power play unit. And if it doesn't work out, you know, he slides down a lineup. They might healthy scratch him. He might just take a time away like Backstrom did, and that's call call it wrap, uh, call it quits. But a little risk, high reward for a team like the Red Wings with as much cap space as they have. Now, uh, where do you want to go from here, my friend? I mean, let's go around the league. Uh, surprises, good or bad? Uh, do we think the Teams that have started off well are legit. Teams that have started off poorly, we see a run in them, things like that. Uh, What's your thoughts on Vancouver? I mean, I think the best offense in the NHL right now, which I think we all knew what was going to happen when the season started. They were going to run away with the most goals scored. Um, I don't know. I mean... We like their goalie. That them and Winnipeg were the two teams out west when we were doing our previews. We're like, they should just be better, and they've proven they can. So we don't know what to expect from them. Like they can pop off this year, or they're just going to continue to disappoint, and the rest of the roster is going to get blown up. Um, I think it's legit. I mean, even if they come back to earth a little bit offensively, they're playing well as a team in the defensive zone. Demko is healthy. Maybe they're not finishing near the top of the standings, but I think they've gotten such a cushion point-wise to start the year that unless they really just 
bottom out that they should be at least in a contention for a wild card spot. Yeah, I was going to say right behind them in that Pacific is the Kings with 29 points and then the drop off from Vancouver to Calgary and Seattle is 10 points. So, yeah, I think the points count even in October. So, you build up a nice enough cushion that gives you some uh time if you struggle towards the end of the year to kind of bank that. So, um do you see Edmonton making a run here? I mean, I, I see Edmonton being better. I, I don't know about a run. I mean, are they a playoff team? Eight, twelve, and one, seventeen points. I mean, they'd have to get to minimum. They have to get to at least Calgary. That's a twenty-one. That's four clear of them. But to be an actual guaranteed Pacific spot, they're currently. 12 points. 12 points out. That's a big swing. Um, no, I think if anything, they make it as a wild card. They're not going to touch Vegas, Vancouver, or the Kings. Okay. And one of the other surprises, Arizona. Playing I know they're six in a division, but 22 points are right there for a wild card spot. Yeah. Um, I know you were big on them on our preview. I, I was not as big as you were, but... No, they're they're hanging in there. They're knocking right on the door. I mean, you, you got St. Louis and Nashville just ahead of them. I'm uh, I'm curious to see what happens with that team. Funny enough, uh, they had interviewed Zegris before he was playing at Arizona, and someone said, "Oh, don't you know? Don't you like coming here?" And he goes, "Huh? Yeah, it's great." Blah blah, blah sarcastic, and then fucking Arizona lit him up. So. Just uh, one of those things, hockey karma. The gods are always watching, listening. <laughs> um, and they got a switch. Uh, I know they just brought back the uh, old school favorites, but I really love their alternates that they have now. Make those full time. Um, one comment. So I went to the Rangers game in Dallas uh, the week of Thanksgiving. Uh Dallas came back and won that game. Nothing about the Stars. And again, one game. But nothing about the Stars is scary. No. Not not scared. Like, there was not one time where somebody got the puck where they were coming into the offensive zone. I was like, fuck. And I was like, I know they have Robertson, who looks like he's still 13 years old. Pavelski's still a veteran leader. Ben is more likely to get a 10 minimus conduct and go on a 10 game point streak. Sagan is like dead. I know he's still good on a PK here in Dallas now because of his speed, but like, dude is like a non factor five on five. And I, they have Ottinger and Goal and Hiskin on the back end. Like, they're a good team, but nothing stood out to me as like, this is one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. I think they're just in a really poor conference to be honest like if they were playing in the east let's say the atlantic division i'd have them behind tampa bay like they'd be sixth in the division that's not even making up i like that okay so uh moving to the east really quick uh pittsburgh and new jersey really slow starts i know some injuries with the devils uh hughes has been back though they've won two in a row um 
any concern for those two teams? Because now at this point, for the division lead, again, they're 10 points behind the Rangers. Division is not happening for either of those two teams, I think. And they were, at least Devils, were everybody's pick to run away with the division this year. Yeah, I mean, right now they're two points out of a playoff spot. The Phillies at three. So we have Philly three with 23, Washington four, 22, Isles 22 at five, Jersey 21, Penguins 21. I mean, they're legitimately both a win away. I just wonder with Jersey as to, it, it's been ugly. I know Greggy is not happy, wants Lindy gone. And I remember I was laughing with you because I'm like, it went from last year they were apologizing to Lindy to, you know, contract extension to now get rid of him. I just think um, whatever Fitzy is doing there and if he is going to get rid of him, and, like, this is the other part, too. Brunette left. Didn't want to have to sit and wait around. Yep, now who's coming in? <laughs> now who's coming in? So like, I Gerard, go on. <laughs> well, yeah, like, I just, I don't know who would be uh, – who their guy in the wings is. So I think that's something they have to look at. Kirk Muller. <laughs> I, you know, I, I did always used to like what Kirk Muller always used to get called. You remember uh, when he was coaching the Canadians and they strictly told him from the beginning, it is only an interim title because uh, he does not he speak, French. speak French. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not win a Stanley cup. We rather lose with a French speaker. Uh, life is um, I also want to call out another solid pick so far for me, the Flyers playing above expectations, which is something that I called out. Torts hasn't playing well. Um, and over in your division, Ottawa, man. Like, what's going on? My, my boys are having a tough time. I, I will say the other night, I don't know if it was a Florida team that got the better of them or if this is something that – uh in Ottawa strong suit where they wanted to play a hard, heavy game. Oh yeah. But no melee the other night in Ottawa. Just <laughs> Everybody on the ice, 10 minutes conduct. <laughs> I thought that was great. That, that made me laugh. Uh, I will say after watching it, Brady Kachuk's my favorite player in the league. Uh, I, I love, yeah, I love Brady. He's growing on me a lot. Just a guy that does not care about who you are. I mean, they ask about him after with, you know, him and the brother, and he's like, no, he's like, this is a business. He's like, you know, for all the other games that Maddie plays, I hope he's the best player on the ice, and I hope he scores, you know, a hat trick every night and goes from there. He's like, when he plays me, it's business. Like, like there is no, <laughs> he's like, uh, it's about winning hockey games. And yeah, I just, I think that kid, and I'm going to say it, and if you want to ring the hot take alarm, go for it, get ready for it. Heart trophy. Brady Kachuk, too good for Ottawa, needs to leave. I mean, he just signed that big deal. No, but I think that around him, they have Stutzla. They have Sanderson. All those other prospects that were supposed to kind of blossom and be a lot better. Not flourishing as good as originally, you know, touted. Ottawa's kind of a tough market to get people there. I just think if they ever wanted to get a haul of a return, and I'm not talking about an Eric Carlson return where they don't know what they're getting, like <laughs> a legit, legitimate return, Brady's the guy that would do it for him. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to call out in your division, 
you know, Florida and Tampa started the year with some major injuries. And their mission was essentially, let's keep our heads above water until in Tampa it was Vasilevsky comes back and in Florida it was basically half their top four, uh, led by Montour and Ekblad coming back. They survived the Barkov short-term injury thrown in there as well. And the rest of the division... Outside of Boston, who I know we'll get into that, uh, their recent play, didn't capitalize really on having that little bit of a head start and credit to Florida and Tampa Bay for staying competitive until they, they got healthy. But now I think you're going to see Florida and Tampa Bay start turning on the Jets here. I think, yeah. I mean, they've, they've been playing really good hockey. Florida, um, I know they lost last night to Toronto and was it the shootout or overtime, whatever it was, but, mm-hmm. uh, they went up North. They played really good hockey against two really good hockey clubs came out unscathed Tampa. Like you said, finally going to get Vasilevsky back. And then once as that happens, you're in a whole new world when you finally get probably the best defender in the national hockey league back. So <coughs> Igor, um, who, who was that? Igor. <laughs> didn't, didn't sound like Linus. Um. <laughs> well, I'm just curious if, you know, Russia indeed goes to the Olympics next year. Who starts in net for them? Oh, it's going to be... I know it's him and Sorokin 1-2. I think they'll just alternate games because no sense. There's not that much of a drop-off between one and the other, I think, and just keeping them fresh, especially during the middle of a season, like alternating them. I mean, if it's a gold medal game, who's starting in net, I think you have to go with Igor because he's proven a little bit more in NHL than Sorokin, even as like for a competitive standpoint. Vasilevsky doesn't even get the nod over Sorokin? That's my hot take. Oh, God. I I know it's hot down in Oklahoma and you're dehydrated, but... (laughs) I, dude, if I'm if I you have a goalie, who knows what he's gonna look like right the rest of this year coming back from the back surgery. But he's had a lot of hockey, he's had a lot of minutes, and then you have two guys with a lot of life on those legs. And I don't know, man. If I if it's peak Vasilevsky, then yeah, he comes in over Sorokin. I don't think you get peak Vasilevsky anymore. Well, I'm curious to see how we end up. I just I know, <laughs> hard for me to give it to guys who haven't won shit in this league. That, that's just my thing. I, I get it. I get it. Um, but all right, let's get into it. Our boys here on the Bruins off to another hot start uh, to begin the year. Everybody was counting them out, or most everybody was counting them out with the losses of Bergeron and Krejci. Seems like they didn't miss a beat. Had one loss through, I think, 15 regulation games. Um, started running away at the division a little bit. They've lost three in a row now, uh, which, you know, God forbid Bruins fans, you lose three games in a row in, over the course of a season. Um, they lost to the Rangers on Saturday, 7-4. Um much closer than that score would indicate until late second and then the third period when the Rangers started pulling away. Um, 
what are your thoughts so far on the start of the year, their recent play, uh, how the young kids looked, uh, things like that. What's going on? Uh, start of the year, I mean, kind of just carried off where they were last year. I, I thought they had a very good start um, lately. So we're in a three-game skid right now. We, we lost two. Uh, it was the Red Wings, you guys, and then Columbus. Oof. From I was at the game Friday, the day before the game with you guys, and we just looked very slow, like, like almost like we never even came out of the room that day. Uh, too much turkey the day before, and then you think, okay, like let's let's get to New York, let's turn the page, let's be better. I did not see that game. I remember I was texting with you. Uh, never ended up watching it on the other end. And then it's like, all right, now we're playing Columbus. Let's be back. And we're behind the eight ball. We're playing slow. Columbus has beaten us to pucks. One thing that happened here is, you know, uh, did no, no, this is still recent. We didn't talk about this last time with the whole Lucic domestic abuse arrest. Uh, he was already on LTIR. Uh, previous, they didn't say when he was coming back, they just said his injury was taking a lot longer to heal than they had expected. And then we end up running into the incident that was had. But one thing we are missing is his presence. So if the Bruins are going to, you know, part ways with him after they find out what happened with this domestic assault, that's fine. But to me, we need to bring in some toughness in here because we don't have it. Um, the Detroit game, nothing really got out of hand. But the game with you guys, Truba yeah. smokes fucking Frederick <laughs> in the head. And there's no response. Like, like, that happens in the second period. Don't Guys went into the room. They definitely watched it on replay to say, no, he wound up and fucking slashed him in the head. No one does anything. Then we get to the Columbus game, and... Krejci came in, has a chance. The goalie wound up and slashed him. And at full speed, you couldn't see it. We, we just see there's a little thing after where Pasta's whacking the goalie back, and then Good Branson comes in and, you know, tells him, you know, reads him the riot act. But my thing right there is your I, – yeah, I guess we could say Pasta's the best player on our team. Your best goal scorer, at least, gets hacked, whacked by the goalie, Good Branson, the biggest guy on their team, comes over to your guy, puts him in his place, and there's no answer. Yeah. No answer. So to me, we need some toughness, and we can't look certain places for it. Like, Lauko is still playing with the cage after he got the skate to the face. That's fine. Johnny Beecher has been a very consistent and good hockey player for us. Uh, the but the whole fisticuffs thing, like Johnny will fight, but he's not a fighter. You, you know, difference there. Uh, Freddie is probably that guy right now for us. But on the other end, like our D end, Derek Forbart. Really? Like, you, you, <laughs> you, like you, you can't grab anybody? Like, McAvoy can't be doing this. Grizzlick just came back from injury, but can't do it anyways. And then it's like we had... Mason Lowry in there for a little bit, but it's like you can't expect it from him. You can't have Carlo do it because if he gets another fucking concussion, he's going to be like Bambi. So, and, and Shattenkirk's not going to do it. 
So yeah. we need to find some sort of toughness somewhere. Um, the goalies have played fine. The other night there was a little, I don't want to say debacle, but Swayman let in his second goal and then Montgomery pulled him. And I don't think it was because Swayman was playing bad. I think it was a whole message to the team as in the sense of wake the fuck up. Well, Swayman ends up, you know, melting off on his way down to the tunnel where I go like, are you fucking kidding me? I got no help out here. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So do I think Not the best look? Yeah, no. But do I think there's trouble in paradise? I mean, I don't know. Hard to say. It, it's, a three ga- it's a three game slide. I mean, th- this isn't crazy. Uh, just, yeah. the, you know, l- let's get one and see if we can get back on the other side of it. And we have plenty of other people in the league that are on current, three game skids, if not more, I'm not worried about losing three games. I'm just worried about, can we actually bounce back? That's what I'm worried about. So we have the sharks tomorrow night, which I think will be good for us. I think it'd be very good. And then it's just, can we piece things together or be better consistently after that? That's my worry. So we'll go from there. And have, especially the upfront, has he, the young kid, filled that center position for you guys? Or is it something where it's like, we might need to be making a move here? Um, I, I would say yes and no. I mean, I think the kid has played as expected. He's, he's a rookie in the National Hockey League. Uh, could not go back to junior. That's that's 100% official. We couldn't send him back there. Uh, a little bit of hiccups. I mean, there was the other day, the Detroit game right in front of us where puck came out he did a great job in getting the puck out of the d zone gone into the neutral zone to brink it picks him off comes in scores so it's like you know it, it is a puck lock is it this is it that i don't know I, I, there is going to be some learning curve with the kid where i think he does need to clean it up a little bit in the defensive zone but at the same time i, I will give credit where credit is due charlie coyle has stepped up and played great so far this year but I will also say, too, that Charlie Coyle is also still a 3C, not a 2C. So uh, we just need to uh, be more efficient. I think the kid's going to have to work through it. He's going to need more ice time. Uh, one thing I do like about Monty with him is even after the mistakes or shit like that, he's still putting the kid out there. Like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes do I think the kids need the dog pound? Yes, but at the same time, it's going to happen. You got to bounce back. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, like you said, not a bad spot to be in as long as the guys kind of keep their shit together. Um, three game losing streak and you're still tied for a second in NHL point wise. So not, not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rangers wise, uh, we've had some injuries. Uh, Fox uh, got hurt, uh, sprained his knee, went on long term IR. Uh, he's actually making his return tonight after missing 10 games. Um, in his absence, Gustafson played extremely well. He is playing on his offside on a first pair of Lingren and then took Fox's spot on a first power play unit, played extremely well. Uh, probably after Panarin, the best free agent signing the Rangers have made in the last half decade. A uh, one-year deal on a cheap, and he's basically going to be putting up close to 40 points at this pace by the end of the year. Um, so Fox is back. So that helps. Uh, 
Heedle still hasn't skated with the team, even in a non-contact jersey. They actually sent him yesterday to see a uh, specialist that deals with people uh, experiencing concussion symptoms long-term. So apparently he's still experiencing concussion symptoms. He, this is his fourth concussion in six years. Um, I, If he's still having issues here, He's also on long-term IR at this point. I wouldn't. I would plan on him not returning, and then if he does come back, anything you get from him, him is gravy. But at this point, the Rangers have a pretty big hole at three C right now. Nick Bonino is at three C, uh, which is not great because you have the kid Will Cooley on the left side, not much of a offensive player. I mean, he can chip in, but he's not going to carry a line. And then poor Kako was stuck with them after starting off with Kreider and Zibanejad. He's playing with Nick Benino and Will Cooley. Obviously, he wasn't putting up any points. And then he got hurt uh, against Buffalo. Unfortunate accident, but it looked like he tore up his knee. They're saying it doesn't look like a season-ending injury, but he's going to miss significant time. So probably not getting him back until after the trade deadline, essentially. So now the Rangers where right wing was already a weakness coming into the season. Now you have Blake Wheeler basically stuck on a first line, even though he's played like absolute dog shit. Surprise, Blake Wheeler's not good anymore. Um, and he's basically an anchor on that top line with Kreider and Zibanejad. Uh Lafreniere in the top six, thank God he's developed, dude. Like, if he t- if he couldn't take to the right side... At this point, we would have Jimmy VC in our top six. Like, that's how bad it is. Uh, so Lafreniere is kind of holding down a Ford on the second line. Trocek, Panarin, and Lafreniere has actually been our best line all year. Um, other than that, it's been pretty standard. Uh, the biggest change is, like I said, when we last recorded, has been the coaching. Noticeable difference in an actual defensive system, which is nice to see after the last few years of just like, hey, boys, let's play hard um so playing that one three one uh the transition game is much quicker this year um so the biggest impact has been coaching i think with fox back fox back um really it's just a matter of is kako out for the year or not and if he's not out for the year when does he come back and then kind of seeing what's out there for reinforcements even over just about the end of december we're already at that point um otherwise pretty steady i mean after we beat you guys on saturday we were number one in the league uh we're still tied with you for second in the league one point behind the golden knights so much more of a strong start than i expected and you know there's no reason why they can't keep it up as long as uh we don't lose any more significant guys to injury uh going forward now, how many uh, powerful goals does Kreider already have? Uh, nine. Nine. So he's on track again, that motherfucker. I mean, he no, he has he has thirteen goals in a year. I think he has six power play and three shorthanded. So nine of the thirteen are on special teams. Okay. And out of the thirteen, eleven of them are deflections. <laughs> now, now we're talking. So. Kreider's going to have a very long career as a Dave Andrichuk type in front of the net here. (laughs) 
get, get paid big money. Listen, as long as the goals stay up, they pay you big money just to make sure they're in the net. So. Yep. And also, the last thing I wanted to add is this: we've had this start to the year with basically only one right winger, Lafreniere. Wheeler's been invisible, and Kako was bouncing around between the first and third line. And Mika, up until the game against the Flyers, where he just owns their ass, man. He scored two goals against the Flyers. He had two goals in the entire year, so he hasn't even really gotten going yet. So hopefully he gets going. Eventually we bring in a third-line third center or another top-six winger and kind of hopefully run away with this thing here because we don't want to take it too easy with Carolina in second place, and obviously we're all expecting New Jersey to go on a run. Giddy up. Yeah. Um, anything else that you want to touch on since we last spoke? We can talk about, you know, the old wives' tale in the National Hockey League is if you're not in the playoffs at American Thanksgiving, odds are that you're not going to make it. So if that's the case, in the East you have the Wash- uh, Capitals, the Islanders, the Sabres, Devils, and Penguins all on the outside looking in. And then on in the West you have the Flames, the Kraken, the Oilers, the Wild, and the Coyotes on the outside looking in. I can't imagine. I mean, but I guess the two easy, the two easy ones are Detroit and Philly to predict that they fall off, and then one of the teams outside looking in the East take their two spots. But East well, the other is thing is tough right now. I mean, Edmonton would be out in. The, the craziest part is you made a coaching change that early in the year. Now who are you going to blame? If they don't make the playoffs this year, I think Holland's gone. I, I'd i have to agree. And the Flames, I mean, they're only a point out of the playoffs, but everybody's the vibes there are just fucking terrible. I was going to say, even when they're winning, it's bad. Yeah, Zadora requested a trade. They're, they're basically benching Huberdeau for the entire third period. Like... Just not not good times up there. All right. Do you have anything else? Any shout outs? A shout out. I I will shout out. Um, the the Strat Daddy graciously uh, gave us his tickets to the game on Friday, so that was very good. Um, I would also like to shout out Uncle James. Always listening. We appreciate that. Uh. Big Kev also heard about yours last episode, and my friend, <laughs> he's, next time you were in the tri-state area, good luck to you, because I, I think he's coming on a man up. <laughs> Big Kev, I'm so glad you're a listener to the very end of each episode. Yeah, he, he got the phone call about that, and he was like, <laughs> tell Ben he's dead. I said, I can relay that. Yeah, not a problem. Hey, I made him I made him a peace off, offering. I'll get him a McCallum, a bottle, if he's uh, calls a truce. If he'll call a truce. I don't know. He's not very uh, – once he gets the phone call, he's not very easy <laughs> to get off the ledge after that. So, Well, then Tri-State Area Visit probably won't be happening anytime soon, and I doubt he'll make a trek all the way to Tulsa. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll just go to you. Hey, if he wants to make the drive here, we can meet halfway on a, at a rest stop. <laughs> a little Waffle House. A little something as American as that. Well, exactly. That, that might make him happier. <laughs> All right. Well, I know we have the Christmas holidays coming up, but I think now that we're past uh, Thanksgiving and we've gotten kind of a 
nearly a quarter of the way through the regular season. We're at a good spot now to start really picking up and tracking some trends and uh, following things along here. So I think we'll start getting back into our uh, regular 7 to 10 day recording schedule. I I can't wait. And I'm calling it right now, by the way. I know it's November 29th. The day after, the first game after the trade deadline, suiting up on the right side, opposite Kreider and Sabanajad, is going to be the Duke, Anthony Duclair. Interesting. Okay. But All right. So that's that. Uh, we'll touch base in a week, I guess, and see how good our boys are doing. We'll go from there. All right. Bye-bye. All right, handsome. Can't wait. <laughs>